0: sort of weird period right. right because the summer is over we're a few days away from it's not even really preseason. it's the rookie tournament but it really is the beginning of actual hockey non-development camp games that somewhat matter because it's a tournament so the season is almost
1: upon us yeah, truly you're facing you're not facing your own teammates you're facing other teammates so yeah i think the season is basically here with the advent of uh, the rookie tournament in glendale and uh, scottsdale this weekend
0: it's going to be outstanding. DB and I will both be there for everybody listening. Uh, Mayor's Manor will also have a photographer cool. awesome. on hand as well. So there's going to be plenty of coverage at the Rookie Faceoff Tournament, which, of course, kicks off on Friday. I've mentioned this on one of the previous podcasts. Um, there are six teams, of course, participating, and three of them – me, that means three games yep. every day. So all of the teams are participating on Friday, and then all of the teams will take Saturday off. They will return on Sunday and uh, play games again, and then they will play games on Monday as well. Now, Game 1, really, to kick off the entire tournament on Friday afternoon, is the Kings versus the Avalanche, so you get to see Colorado. Uh, they're, they're younger yeah. players, of course. You won't see a lot of the you know big-name players that you saw in the playoffs. But Kings-Avs, then that's followed up by the Ducks against the Sharks. And then the evening contest will be the Coyotes against the Golden Knights at the uh, Gila River Arena. And like we said earlier, DB, everybody takes Saturday off, gets mm-hmm. to sort of regroup, which is an interesting idea. And then Sunday they come back, and the Kings are in the marquee game on Sunday because that evening they'll be playing at the arena against the Coyotes and then they'll finish things out on Monday. Uh, I believe they're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights over at the ice den over Mm -hmm. on the opposite side of town. Everybody keeps asking Dennis about how they can watch these games if they're not heading over to Scottsdale and or Phoenix. Uh, How can you watch these games? The each team that is playing in a game is going to stream the games right. on their particular website. So when the Kings play the Coyotes for example, you can go to either of the two teams uh that are in that game, you can go to those websites and you can be able to stream them. We'll tweet all this stuff out later, but uh DB, you were at the Rookie Faceoff in uh Orange County 2 years ago now, and now you're going back to the Rookie Faceoff in Arizona. How are you, are you excited? What are you looking forward to? What do you do you have an agenda of what you want to cover, who you want to look at when no, you're there? I
1: just want to see the, the rookies in competition against other teams, how they measure up against other teams. I think that – and I think it's based on experience in in, uh, in Irvine, John. I thought that was a fantastic – and I granted, the mm-hmm. um, the arena and the facility was epic and we wanted – I wanted to see that as well. But I really thought it was very entertaining and you learned something about, you know, who's going to break through and who might be possibilities and you want to see if – you know, what the expectations are for these players matched to, you know, how they play in the ice against uh, competition that isn't their own. So, yeah, I think that based on that last experience I had in in Irvine, I think it's going to be a fun tournament and it's going to be exciting to see.
0: It's also going to give everybody, uh, yourself included, uh, an opportunity to take an up close and personal look at Quentin Byfield yeah. and Arthur, uh, not Arthur, excuse me, Alex Turcott, because those two players really did not participate in yeah. the uh, recent development camp for, for very long. That is <laughs> uh, Turcotte, of course, was the star of day one of the camp and Byfield was on the ice for about six minutes. So uh, I have I put together earlier this week, excuse me, last week, I think it was um, I put together. A, a quick draft, and overview of what I think the lineup is going to look like. And, DB, let me just sure, read this I... lineup to you. You have Turkot on the top line playing with Byfield and Kaliev. I like that mm-hmm. line last year. I've talked about it yes. a lot. I think Turk's going to get some time on the wing if everything sort of lines up right. Second line, Chromiak with Kapari and Fagamo. Now, Kapari and Fagamo had some good chemistry in Ontario mm-hmm. last year. And then uh, on the third line, Pennelli, their second round pick from this year, the Kings' second round pick, over on the left side. Tyler Madden over on the right side. Madden had that uh, you know chip on his shoulder, ready to get back and prove that he belongs after missing nearly all of last year as a Marty um, was right. injured. And then. Uh, Pavlichev, I believe that's the correct uh, pronunciation. We'll find out. He's the uh, free agent that they signed. He's about 6'7". He's a big center. And then you have Kemp on the fourth line. Dudas, who normally plays on the right wing, I moved him over to the left side because Ty McSorley, who I think is going to give them a little bit of grit, uh, he's a camp invitee. He would be over on the right side. So fourth line of Dudas, Kemp, and McSorley. Uh, he is the nephew, I believe, of Marty, before people ask. Mm-hmm. That would leave scratches um, a really a Sodogran would be the only Kings prospect that would be scratched if that was the lineup. And Sadegrin, of course, missed all of last year with the back injury. So I'm just assuming that they will kind of nurse him uh, back to health here. Before we get to the defensemen, what's your initial reaction to that lineup at forwards here? We're still waiting to hear from Robo on the official lineup, but what do you think so far of what I put on the Uh, way?
1: Hopefully they play that top line 25 minutes. Just kidding. I think that the top line is exciting to see. I think that's... (laughs) You know, when you talk about the prospect rankings and where they sit and all the projections, I think that to see those three players play together, to me, that's worth uh, people's time to either attend the uh, games live or watch the streaming. To me, that's where it starts and ends, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Now, you might have to flip-flop line one and line two officially or unofficially sure. as, your, as your top line because if you want to go with more experience, right. of course, Kapari has more professional experience, and so you could move him up to the top line. What's also really exciting, DB, is the way that I've constructed it, five of those six players— I'm expecting to start the year with AHL Ontario, that being Turcotte, Byfield, Cali of Kapari and Fagamo. Only Chromiak is expected to leave. He'll be going back to the OHL to play in Kingston. But that would be pretty cool to see those five guys start the year out um, in Ontario. Let's take a look at the defense real quick. And this is where things are going to get wonky. And I can't wait to see what Robo comes up with because there are an overabundance of Mm right-handed prospects. Now, there are some camp invitees but from just purely a prospect's perspective. And you would think you'd want to play the prospects more than anything else. uh, I have a top pair of Phillips and Dursey. That's going to give you the experience there. And then I put Clark on a line with Spence. I'll come back to that in a second. And then I had McNeely with Granz. Now, of course, McNeely is a camp invitee. He does play left side. Granz is coming over from Europe. He's expected to play with the Ontario Reign this year. He's a right shot. And I put him on the third pairing. Simply because he would be, uh, uh, you know, newer. Mm-hmm. Now, Spence and Clark, spent—they're both righties—and so people, have, a couple people, have asked it, uh, asked after I posted this. Well, why did you put Clark over on the left side? Um, I just figured that between the two, somebody's going to have to go over to the sure. left side. Otherwise, you're going to end up with two camp invitees in your in your group of six, and I don't think you'd play two camp invitees, which tells me. That either Clark or Spence would move over. I guess you could move Dersey mm-hmm. over, uh, but why not pair Derzsi and Phillips? They played together last year. That pairing can perform well. And Clark and Spence, I think they'll. Somebody's like, has Clark ever played on the left side? Well, I'm sure he has at one point in his career. But even if he hasn't, I think he'll be okay over there. You know, we're talking about three games. Yeah, coming.
1: it's it's a rookie showcase, so fine. I mean, but uh, yeah, just give me more Brand Clark. Now, when I saw him at development camp, the kid can just fly. And obviously he was on Kings of the podcast, did a great interview. So i um, excited. And just the talent on that one pairing with Spence and Clark would be very interesting, intriguing to see regardless of what position they do play.
0: Yeah, for those that aren't familiar, I've said for the last few years, don't sleep on Spence. This is a kid who has mm-hmm. gone very underrated, mid-round right. draft pick. He was the rookie of the year in the Quebec League. He was the defenseman of the year uh, the following year. So what a way to what a way to uh, sort of cap off, right? So you go and you're you're the rookie of the year, and then you come back the following year and you double down, and now you're the defenseman of the year. So he brings a lot to the table. Only had that very limited uh, showing at the World Junior. Uh, tournament when he played for Team Canada, but a lot to like there with Spence, and so we'll see if uh, he can be on that pairing with Clark. I have uh, uh, Jacob Ingham, another former Kings of the Podcast guest, DB, a really funny guy. Uh, Jacob Ingham as the starter with Lucas Perique as the backup for that particular game, but I certainly expect sure. that to flip-flop in game two, and uh, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. It all kicks off on Friday, DB, so we're recording this on Tuesday. We're days away from the rookie yeah. faceoff. Uh, hopefully you can sense the excitement in oh, my Oh, yeah, hope.
1: absolutely, sure. I, and I think it's just, uh, look, the the season is what officially a month away today. They start on October 14th with a home game against uh, Vegas, so we're a month away from actual NHL action, but this kicks it all off.
0: It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Now our guest today of course is Akil Thomas and I do want to give a quick shout out to the LA Kings PR staff uh, for approving him to come on the program because normally DB they don't make injured players mm-hmm. available to the media. It's just right. kind of the way things are. I don't I, I'm going to call it an unwritten rule if you will. I don't know if it's in somebody's bylaw uh, you know bylaws or guidelines somewhere but it is an unofficial unwritten rule. Um, so we certainly appreciate having Akil Thomas on and it's crazy DB because I feel like uh, you know I've had a, a lot of Akil Thomas time uh, whether it's on Mayor's Manor or whatever but I went back and looked he hasn't been on the podcast basically uh in over a year right. so uh pretty interesting to get him on the program and to catch up with him uh, you know we both agree I think one of the the more interesting the most interesting prospect in the organization now we'll ask him about his injury we'll try to get a timeline I had originally tweeted out uh, about a month or so ago I believe he's scheduled roughly for American Thanksgiving, so the mm-hmm. end of November, we'll call it, to make a return and really can't come soon enough, DB, even though that Ontario Rain lineup is, is loaded. He was such a versatile yeah. player and an impact player for the Rain for the last year. I think I said Kings a minute ago, but for the rain, um, I mean he played forward, he uh, he played center, he played wing, and uh, he was just involved constantly all the time, and really I believe grew into one of being Robo's favorite players, a real go-to guy on the Ontario. Yeah, he could
1: be. You know, you look at a player; he's probably a middle-six player NHL-wise, but when a guy he could be that versatile, maybe a more talented like Trevor Lewis, right? A guy who could play center, can play the wings, and has speed. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he mends quickly and can get back by November, and then start contributing in Ontario.
0: Yeah, we all love Trevor Lewis. Uh, again, another former uh, member or, or listen guest, excuse me, guest on Kings of the Podcast. He was yeah. awesome, also. Um,
1: and he's where is he? Is he in Calgary yeah, now? G- uh, Trevor Lewis and Brad Richardson signed in Calgary. <laughs> Darrell, <Darryl laughs> trying to put the band back together in Calgary.
0: Okay, call me when Dwight King signs. <laughs> That's when I'll be really exactly. interested. Okay. Uh, but, um, but yeah, we expect we expect Akeel Thomas. Yes, to score a lot more goals than Trevor Lewis. Um, and Trevor certainly was a very uh, serviceable and important part of those Kings championship teams. But uh, Akil Thomas should have more to offer offensively speaking. So look forward to getting him back in the lineup and uh, catching up with Akil here during the second period. Um, DB, there are five other teams that are going to be at the rookie face-off tournament. So before we bring in Akil and, and get to the to that portion of the show, Are there any other teams that you're interested in? Are are you curious about watching, you know, Colorado? Are you curious about the Ducks? Are you curious about Vegas? I'm certainly very curious about the Anaheim Ducks is why I'm asking this. I love that roster that they're bringing. I was a little concerned about the goaltending, uh, which I'll get to after you answer, but um, to be able to, To see Mason McTavish, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I know
1: he's one of your favorites. Well, John, you're the one that says in a couple of years from now, it's going to be like the Yankees and Red Sox with the Ducks and Kings. So so I'm on board with you. I want to see what Anaheim has to offer. I think that's the most chatter around these prospects is is LA and Anaheim. So I'm excited to see what Anaheim uh, brings to town um, in Arizona.
0: Yeah, it's funny because two years ago, DB, it looked like that L.A. had the, the almost the perfect prospect pool in the sense that it was very well-rounded. They had plenty to offer right. among the forwards, among the defensemen, and the goalies. Uh, people can argue, well, they didn't have a blue chip at any position. Okay, but there was strong depth right, to the correct. L.A. prospect pool. And the reason I bring that up is that two years ago, it looked like Anaheim was really strong on the forwards at that time. You know, Max mm-hmm. Jones, uh, Sam Steele, Troy yeah. Terry, you know, Lundestrom, they had a whole bunch of guys, Comtois, etc. cetera. Uh, but it looked like that their defensive group needed some help and their goalies perhaps needed some help. And I do always remember I had this one Ducks fan who was telling me, don't sleep on the goaltenders. And he gave me the names at the time, and I was like, okay, fine. Um, And since then, those goaltenders have, in fact, really risen to the occasion, Mm -hmm. and they've rounded out their defensive group as well. So Anaheim now has this very well-rounded prospect pool or group of prospects. And, uh, boy, the goaltender that they had, they had two of them um, at uh, development camp a few weeks ago. And, man, I mean, he was lights out. Now, I know. It's development camp. It's a small sample size. But that's why I'm excited to see them play. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I want to see game action as you said, against <laughs> other teams, not against your own team. I'm very curious to see that. And, uh, boy, that slap shot of Perot. Yep. Whew, yep. That kid can, can whistle, whistle it. it. So, Absolutely, um, John. Yep. Very interested. But, unfortunately, DB, the Kings don't play the Ducks. And, you know, I get it. Right. right? There's six teams. There would be a maximum of five games. Right. There are only three games that are being played, so you're not going to play every team. The Kings played the Ducks when Anaheim yep. hosted it, and that made sense. Um, they played Vegas when Vegas hosted it. I guess that made sense too, uh, a, a junior version of Frozen Fury, if you will. But the Kings are playing the Coyotes, but they don't get to play the Ducks. They get to play Colorado and they get to play Vegas. And I'll tell you this, DB, there is a simmering. I'm, I'm not even going to call it a rivalry. I'm going to call it a hatred, a simmering hatred. Between the Henderson Silver Knights and the Ontario Reign, those two teams do not like each other. They they played game one of the AHL season last year, and so you're going to see a lot of the same kids that were on mm-hmm. Ontario and that were on Henderson. They're going to hook up in that game on Monday. So I'm very curious to see how the you know the Kings how their style or how their play changes from game one to game two, and then heading into game three. I'm very curious for. Uh, for that game against yeah Rangers. well c- well hockey Vegas.
1: hockey <laughs> hockey players have memories so i'm sure there's memories from last season so hopefully it carries over to the season and gets a little bit more intense uh for monday on the uh, monday morning is my was 11 a.m game i think it is
0: yes yeah. I, I i did mention before that i don't think it abides by the official nhl rules of needing what yes. is it 24 hours or 20 <laughs> right, 20 hours right. i think it is but separation of games so they play at 5 30 or 6 30 on, on sunday one. yeah Six thirty. Okay, so they play six thirty. We're gonna have to grab dinner before that, then. So six thirty on Sunday at the arena, and uh, then they're back at eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. on Monday. That's enough time. I mean, it's not like an eight o'clock no, game, no, right. you know. Uh, so there's enough time, but uh, you would normally like for a little more, a little more separation. But it gives us an opportunity to get back uh, before end of day Monday. Hell, hell, Dennis, we'll be back home and ready for Monday night football. I don't even know who's playing uh, on next Monday, but. We, we should be home in time to watch. We the should. Game.
1: I think it's the. Jo- oh, no, that's Thursday night football. I don't know. I think it's the. Is it the Ravens again? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Uh,
0: I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, on back to back weeks, the no. Ravens. That yeah, would be man.
1: interesting. Uh, let's do
0: a quick NFL update before we move on and bring Akeel in. I'm sure everybody is waiting. Yes. Uh, you. You are a Ram season ticket holder. You were at the SoFi Stadium. What's What's the good word on okay, SoFi? Okay. So
1: um, I, I got. We don't have club seats we just have regular seats we're in the corner of one of the end zones in the third level 300 level um we could see everything the scoreboard's amazing the food i know people were whining about the food but it is a, a football stadium so I, I wasn't expecting much but what's what were they whining about the price the or the quality, quality or the selection the variety, and, variety and stuff but the, the price isn't isn't okay. that bad but everything was meant like okay. i don't know but John, there were minimal lines. Now we got there a couple hours early, so getting into the into my parking spot it took literally fifteen or twenty minutes. The way they managed the process was amazing, and getting out of the lot, John, with seventy thousand people who stayed for most of the game, it took me twenty minutes. It was an exceptional experience. Good. Um, i was spoiled. Hopefully, it happens again um, on some. I guess there uh, or Indianapolis this week, but then they play Tampa Bay, which I'm sure that will be uh, you know uh, that'll be seventy thousand people again. But I had a great time. It was spectacular. It's a beautiful stadium. And I'm a guy who, you know, went to the Coliseum for four or five years. And we had club seats last year. But I, I think that every seat you can see something from, it was fun. Um, it, it didn't feel too crowded, too jammed up. I think it was an incredible experience. Hopefully it will be repeated. Now, look, I'm not going to get there a half hour before the game starts, right? I mean, you got to be a little bit smart about it. But there, there's a lot to do at the park. So I just think that the way they laid it out, it was just – and, John, you know, it's just freaking great to see 70,000 people in a football stadium after the last two years, right? And that's what I hope for mm-hmm. at Staples Center when we get going with the hockey season. But I, I, nothing but rave reviews from me uh, with respect to the uh, stadium and the experience. And the, da- the game was pretty damn good, too.
0: Now, did you walk around it all? Because my biggest question for SoFi, from a selfish perspective, is allegedly they have a 6,000-seat amphitheater. Yeah. Under the same yes. roof, and from the footprint and looking around, I really can't quite figure out where that is. Is it on the? Did you happen to yeah. see it? It is it on the east side
1: uh, of it's the stadium? It's the YouTube Theater, whole six thousand. Right. I've seen it like right. I don't know. I don't know what the east side. Would be because I'm from New York and I know up and down and left and right. Well, the forum is on the north side of the. So
0: where is it relative to the forum and the stadium? Um,
1: I guess then it would be on. 105 the, would be on the okay, south. Okay, so I think it would be on the east side. Yeah, it's it. I think yeah. not go in it, but it's right there. When you walk into the access to the stadium, it's on. Like uh-huh. I'm coming in from. It's funny. It's Doty Avenue, D-O-T-Y, which will get a kick out. <laughs> That, that's my access point. Somewhere, Liz Habib exactly, is is clapping. Exactly. She's very happy. Exactly. Yes. So,
0: did you, did you did you did you leave on Copeadar Avenue? Not. Or I uh... did not.
1: I, didn't. I did not. Copador? I did not go into the, the brown entrance either. But um, okay. But uh, to the right, you see the amphitheater, and uh, I don't know the it's amphitheater. It's the YouTube Theater, six thousand seater. And you know, John, they broke ground on the, the Clippers broke ground on their arena now, uh, which is a mile from SoFi. So it's going to be crazy. And did I read that right? That is a billion, yeah. Dollar, yeah, billion arena? dollar arena. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, okay right. great. Steve Ballmer <laughs> must be nice, bro. Must be really, really nice. But but uh, the, it's going to be but fantastic. The la- yeah, and it, it's it's nestled in SoFi, so it doesn't really it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. The way they engineered this, and you know the the stadium is built into the ground. So if you've seen it, it looks it looks right. like an armadillo, like that. To me, it always looks like the cover. So it wasn't. It was ninety degrees, but it wasn't hot. It's a translucent um, ceiling. Uh, a roof so mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't open but both ends are open there was a breeze going through and even on a 93 day in LA when it wasn't a lot of wind it was comfortable it was easy to get around um you can't walk around the entire thing like you know you can't walk into the club section oh. obviously but you, there's enough you know places to walk around and be in and you know they, they had some entertainment some bands and stuff like that and then the NFL offices are right there too John so when you watch NFL network their studios are right there on the campus, like right by the lake. Oh, yeah, really? oh, yeah. I did John, not know that. Just, okay. Th- it's, I mean, you know, you might not like staying cocky because he's a billionaire or whatever, but they, they did such a phenomenal job with this campus. It's, it's what LA deserves, to be honest.
0: So, with that roof, it it cuts down on the glare yes, from the correct. sun. Okay, but but it still allows some natural yeah, light. Yeah. Now somewhat. that was a five into, o'clock into, game, okay. so the
1: sun's going down or five twenty kick. I want to see what it's like okay. at one o'clock. Um, in a right. couple of weeks, what it's like, but it it shouldn't be, like it sh- it shouldn't be like being at one o'clock at at the um, at the Coliseum where there's no no cover from the sure. sun and you have to get seats in the sun. If you're if you're not if you're in the sun, you just fry the whole game. So it should be good enough. But yeah, it was very comfortable and I just I loved it. It was worth the. You know, I didn't pay a big number on the uh, seat license, although the, we did pay a seat license. And the, the tickets were $100 a game, so I can't really complain because you can literally see everything. They built it like you know, like a hockey arena, John, like steep up and down. Mm-hmm. So even you're not yes. fully recessed back for like these old stadiums Good. were. So I, I think that right. um, the experience I had was great. So when you go see your uh, Broncos play the Chargers, I think you'll have a great time.
0: This is the last All right. So the uh, the actually, field. I have I have to miss the Bronco-Charger oh, no. game be- this year because it comes at the end of the season. They they play the Chargers and the Raiders because I could have gone to Vegas as well, but they play the Chargers and the Raiders back to back, and it's it's basically no World Germans, Juniors. Yeah, and so, you're going
1: right exactly.
0: <laughs> it's the last two weeks oh, of the boy. season, and I'll be gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'll be in Edmonton and Red Deer at that time. So, uh, how much was parking though? I'm always curious I think about that. My how much was
1: parking? parking was I prepaid it because I'm a season ticket holder. I think it was sixty. So it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah it's not, but cheap, it's not but cheap. cheap. It is but what it parking's is. Parking's not cheap anywhere. When we went to the Dodgers and Giants, I parked two blocks from Oracle, and it was eighty dollars. That—that's what the price of admission is. I mean, maybe the yeah. further lot might be like But do you want to walk a mile to the stadium after you got there? I mean, to me, it's you know. No, too, I remember.
0: Yeah. I remember 15 years ago, uh, I paid $50 to park at Wrigley, yeah. and I thought yeah. that was insane. Right, exactly. And now I look at it, and it's I just I, I'm kind of nervous to go back to that parking right. lot now. It has to be at least yeah, $100 $1 in that right? parking exactly. lot.
1: Well, we went <laughs> we went to uh, Dallas to uh, Jerry's World, and it was 100 bucks for just a regular yeah. parking spot. So that's that's what it is. It's the NFL is not cheap, but um, everything was yeah. worth it. And, uh, my experience was great at the uh, SoFi.
0: All right, well, there you go. And the Broncos uh, beat your former love, the New York Giants, on Sunday, so I'm happy. I- I'm I'm good for yes, this sure. week. We'll see what happens next week. Okay, uh, coming up on the other side, we have Akil Thomas, by the way, everybody that loves these kind of details. He previously wore 81. He is going to be wearing uh, – excuse me, 86. I'm sorry. He's going to be wearing 41 because uh, 86 has now been taken in camp, although he's not going to be an active participant in camp, so this kind of becomes a trivia note that people can talk about years later because by the time Akil Thomas comes – Back and is healthy. Hopefully, in November, he will be wearing. I'm assuming his familiar number 14 with the Ontario Reign. So, we will uh, get into all of that and more after the break. keel talks. All right, welcome back, second period. We are joined now by Akil Thomas, the guy that uh, his coach last year, John Robleski, referred to him as an avalanche that just keeps coming at you. Mark Yanetti, head of amateur scouting for the Kings, said that Akil Thomas had the most impressive character of anybody that has gone through the interview process prior to being drafted, and he finished last season on a seven-game point streak. Man, Akil, that's a hell of an intro there. Uh, how you doing?
2: doing well. Uh, obviously, getting closer and closer to the season. So uh, things are
0: exciting these days. Well, I would, uh, I would think that they're exciting, but yet a little bit frustrating at the same time, right? Because we don't exactly know when you're going to be back unless you want to break some stories uh, or break some news here. But f- let's just start there. I don't want to make this about injuries and surgeries and all that stuff, but um, it-, it is a timely topic, right? You had surgery, you had double surgery. Uh, it's something that you needed to get cleaned up, I guess, since junior, from what I heard. And There were some screws involved in there, and just just give us the uh, the medical update here.
2: Obviously, I had the the two shoulder surgeries um, this summer, and I had one right after the season ended, and then had one about eight weeks ago. Uh, The last one done eight weeks ago, so um, they didn't like the doctor didn't want to do them uh, back to back. Um, So that that was a little bit frustrating, obviously, because you know every every week I delayed there, I'm you know losing a week of the season playing. So. Um, that was that was a frustrating part, um, but at, at this time I, I don't know. I'm not frustrated really because I'm just getting you know closer and closer every day. So I'm just kind of trying to think on think about that, and you know every day I'm, I'm closer and closer to you know putting on the on the jersey. So um, yeah, things are good. Um, I mean I think right now I'm looking at like mid November to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, like at earliest to be honest. So, uh, mid November is what I'm, what I'm aiming at. I'm trying not to think too much about it just in case that doesn't happen. But, uh, for me, I, you know, I just started skating a couple of weeks ago. So I'm back to skating every day now. And, uh, for me, like the first step is just trying to feel good again on the ice since it's been like, you know, four months off the ice or whatever it was. So
0: Yeah, we did see you back on the ice early in the morning during development camp out there taking some twirls in the red jersey. And so it was good to see you back out there. Um, One more just kind of medical related question, if you will, because people are wondering about the surgery, like what what's the normal recovery time and or like what's the what's the long term effects of the surgery and whatnot? Have you uh, without getting into the gory details of all the medical terms, have you talked to any other NHL players or, you know, any other hockey players that have had similar surgeries just uh, to get their experience so that, you know, it kind of could put your mind at ease yeah
2: many many uh when being my dad the same thing done so um yeah like a bunch of the guys kind of have the same thing done as well it's kind of, of thing. um so yeah I, obviously you know i talked to a lot of guys before i had um done and it was definitely what i wanted to do like you said earlier it, it has been kind of lingering since senior so to be able to to play without a like a double shoulder brace and kind of play free and you know, be able to fight now and everything. Um, I think it'll just, you know, let me be able to be free because honestly, like obviously I'm not a fighter, but in the past, like I couldn't really fight because just like it would probably come out. So, um, now that I I finally got it done, I can, you know, just maybe, know here and there you know see what i can do and then maybe you know drop those um from time to time
0: i always laugh when talking to you Akil. there's something new that i learned every single time <laughs> and of all the things that i would have penciled down that we would possibly be discussing today during uh the conversation i did not have you uh getting into a fight on the list so there you go i'll be looking forward to that but <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun to have you back on the ice um we talked about ending the season on uh with a seven game point streak, uh, which is, you know, a, a great way to end the season. I'm just curious, what was the hardest part mentally about missing development camp? Was it what you just maybe referred to in that like development camp is kind of normally that time when it indicates that the summer's halfway over and the season's gonna be starting soon and that just that the timing of it was off, or was it anything different for you?
2: Well, for me, honestly it wasn't it wasn't weird at all. I mean, it would have been my third development camp, so mm-hmm. like it wasn't like I was, you know, missing it necessarily. Um, I was, yeah, I'd like to be on the ice with those guys and, and whatever. But I got to know some of the the younger guys. Like I, I took some of them out just to hang out and get away from the hotel and stuff like that. With a couple guys, so uh, I got to know them and, and everything. So for me, like it was just, it's more just about like just trying to you know, get on the ice by myself and feel good. So it it honestly wasn't, I didn't really think about, um, you know, missing development camp necessarily. I was just kind of focused on, you know, getting a step closer every day with my rehab and room.
0: What a weird time, though, at development camp, right? Because just a couple years ago, you're the new guy in town. You're the young guy. You don't know anybody. You don't even know where to go and eat or anything. You're used to being stuck at the hotel. And then now, a couple years later, you're, like you said, you're more the veteran guy and you're showing people around and you're trying to calm their nerves and and put them at ease and and welcome them to Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, like, one one of the the Swiss guys came in and uh, obviously didn't know where any of the or anything like that like around so i just showed them around and we're just like hey if you need this it's here you need that it's there because i remember when i came in you know my first dev camp i was just like i didn't know where anything is i didn't (laughs) like no one really you know told me that if i you know wanted food there's a place up the road because you know at dev camp we eat like 5 p.m and I'm not used to eating so so it was definitely uh, I definitely had some struggles early on
0: there. Yeah, for sure. Now this week, uh, of course, I'm not trying to bum you out either, but uh, this week, timing wise, is the uh, rookie tournament, the uh, rookie face off that's going to be going on in Arizona, and uh, I always I I associate that tournament with you only because the tournament in Anaheim. Akeel Thomas that showed up at Anaheim was a completely different Akeel Thomas from one year prior. Just, you were, you were so fit, you were so cut, the coaches were talking about it. You really showed up in different shape, and it goes to show you how just one year, uh, when you're a prospect and you're still developing, just one year, how different a player can be when he shows up at at, uh, at camp.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think, I don't know if many people know this, but my first, like, my first rookie camp, I like that was my first, like, time skating from a shoulder injury, so I honestly probably shouldn't have played, mm-hmm. just because I obviously wasn't ready, and, like, I think if I didn't have that shoulder injury, I wouldn't, like, people wouldn't have noticed such a big difference from, like, a year after, which is fine, whatever, but um, definitely my first year, like, that was, I like, looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have played, but, yeah, like you said, obviously, I um, made a Big step, my second year, and I felt way more comfortable with you know just the staff, like the coaches and the systems and everything. And obviously, it's my second time around, so I kind of knew what to expect. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I am kind of, uh, I am a little bummed out that I, I don't, I don't get to play rookie tournament this year because you know, obviously, wanted to show that other step, you know, having a, a year pro under my belt and everything. But it's all good. Um, Uh, we'll we'll see Uh, I heard uh, maybe going down I'm not sure if I am yet or not because obviously I can't play but just to be around the guys and the team and stuff we'll see uh, what happens with that but yeah yeah
0: well, if for no other reason, you want to go just to check out the whole experience, right? Because the first tournament in Vegas, being at their practice facility, that had its own unique experience, and then going to Anaheim or Irvine, I guess technically last year when the Ducks hosted, that was a completely different experience. And so, being in Phoenix this time, I don't know if you've caught wind of this, but the Kings games—well, I should say the all the three of the Coyotes games—are going to be at the arena uh, where the Coyotes play. So when the Kings play, oh the, really? Yeah. yeah. So when the Kings play them on Sunday night. Um, they will be at the big arena. And then when they face the other two teams, I think they're playing Vegas and Colorado, if I remember correctly, uh, those will be at the Ice Den, which is their practice facility. So, again, just a different experience where you get two games at the pre- uh, practice facility and then one game in the big arena. So uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see that if you're there. Um, you mentioned your first year at Pro. Let's just uh, touch on that real quickly. Uh, what would you say was the hardest part about the 2021 season? And maybe what was the most rewarding part when you think back to that, you know, 40, 41 games of uh, your first pro season?
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty easy. I think when you look at like the lineup of our team, there's a lot of big names and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not easy to get into our lineup to be honest. So um, I think early on, it was definitely hard um, to kind of, um, kind of just, prove to you know the staff that like I could be like I could be one of the go-to guys such thing. um obviously beginning of the season you're, you're gathering what you have and everything like that and you don't know like you can do what and, and everything so i um, obviously being like kind of the guy in junior I, I definitely wanted to push and you know, push my envelope and show them that I can take big face offs and be on the power play and be in PK and everything like that so I think kind of early on they were like testing everyone and Know, play a little bit of PK, some power play, um, you know, you know, play, you know, not like uh, huge minutes or anything. So I think the most rewarding part was just kind of seeing at the end of the year, like how much I developed, like, like not only physically, but like mentally and, um, as a player, you know, taking big draws, PKing, you know, on the, on the power play and actually making a difference and, you know, helping the team in games. So I think like just from the progression I I got from game one to the last game, I think it was a, a total different, you know, total different guy, and it seems to be you know kind of the trend with me. So I think uh, if I just keep keep doing the right things, things are you know gonna you know continue to I'm gonna continue to be better, obviously. So.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when you hear a coach or anybody for that matter, refer to a player as being very versatile, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment because they they don't have anything else really positive to say about the player. And so they say something like that, where I think that you weren't just versatile, but you were the most versatile impact player on the team. That was a term that I used last year relative to your play. You were a forward. I mean, you were a a center. You played wing. You played power play. Uh, You played PK, like you said. Uh, You could take the face-offs. You were certainly involved physically, although you weren't fighting like, we were talking about earlier but you weren't you weren't you weren't afraid and you you didn't shy away from sort of the physicality part of the game you were an impact player on the Ontario Reign I'm just wondering you talk about trying to earn the trust of the coaching staff and whatnot is there a pivotal moment like when you think back on the season can you think back to a moment where maybe you had a conversation with Robo or something where you were like yeah. Ro- robo. I'm, I'm, I'm on Robo's good side. We, we, we've kind of found common ground here. Do you remember that moment? Was there a moment? Oh,
1: I mean,
2: I don't really, I think it, it's just kind of like a combination of, you know, a couple, a you know, couple things. It's just like, um, you know, just like, I think early on, like, like camp, he, he pulled me in and just said like, you're, you know, we are working hard in practice, I like to see that and stuff like that. And, we've also obviously had those meetings where I didn't have a good couple of games and you're just like, what's going on? And so like just being able to have a conversation with the coach rather than just get like kind of screamed at, I, I think for me it was good and I could like kind of trust him and, you know, whatever he said to me, I would really take it to heart and try to, try to um, you know, work on it and, and maybe see that type of thing. So I think just with the relationship we kind of got throughout the season, I think um, that's kind of, how it it formed? Um, you know, I, think, I don't think I don't can't recall like a, a single time. But um, if one single time would stick out like the most, it, it might have been when I got uh, that puck to the face and then came back and, and scored. Type of thing. He 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 really ate that up. So I think like that would probably be the biggest moment. But uh, yeah.
0: Yes, I think I think post game he was still in sort of shock or in awe of the fact that you uh, you did. You ate that puck and came back, which was rather remarkable. I mean, in, in a season that had quite a few uh, remarkable moments for you. Indeed, um, any funny story related to Robo or anything maybe that people don't know, because although it was a, a shorter season, I feel like we had a, a pretty good opportunity uh, you know, for his first year in Ontario to kind of take a peek behind the curtain a little bit and get to know who he is. Everybody seems to have a lot of respect for him. They like, like you said, a lot of the players mentioned they enjoy the conversations and, you know, the communication style and whatnot. Um, his, his calmness at the beginning of the year when you guys got off of the rough start. So, you know, we know some of sort of those things. Uh, we, we are familiar with his love for music too, but anything else, any other funny notes on Robo you want to pass along?
2: Oh yeah. Robo is an interesting guy. Um, I think, um, I think like he's, you know, when you, you, you take a look at like the, the stereotypical like coach, he's just, you think like, he's just like a normal guy like goes home and just watches TV and like has no interest in any music or anything like that. But he's pretty like, he's pretty interested in a lot of, a lot of different things. Like you can have a conversation with Rob about like literally like anything and everything. So I think like that's kind of that's kind of cool, you know, just bumping, in, bumping into him at the rink, like, it's not, you know, always about just hockey or this and that, like, that, you hear, like, every day, you can just kind of talk about anything, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if anyone's mentioned uh, the, the crazy car that he has, it's like a, I don't even know, I'm not a car guy, but it's like uh like a very vintage, like, I think maybe a Ford with no, like, roof, it's like, I don't even know what it's called. It's crazy but <laughs> wait a minute, um right? definitely <laughs> Yeah. Definitely an interesting guy and then uh yeah, he's just uh he's just an interesting guy. He's he's great.
0: In my in my mind, he pulls up to the rink in like a eighty seven uh, Pontiac Firebird with like T tops. <laughs> now, See if you're not a car guy I like, you, you you wouldn't car know what guy, that means, like, but trust me, it's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I have no
2: idea. <laughs> <All right>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cannonball Run was an old movie, but it's 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 before your time, so we'll move on. Um yeah. Uh, I asked Robo this question. I'm just curious to get your take on it. For me, the end of the season felt like a very unfulfilled, you you know, sort of moment. It was like, you guys were on this roll at the end of the season. You were playing really well over the final month or so of the season. You go into that playoff game, whatever you want to call it, play in game. And you know, you're up at one point and then just in the blink of an eye, everything just sort of falls apart and the game's over and the season's over. And that's it. Like, Hey, see you in October. It had this weird, unfulfilled ending um, did, do you feel the same way, or did did you walk away, sort of feeling the same way?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. It was there's definitely a weird weird feeling. Like obviously, it was a it was a short, but it was like a long year. And um, you know, the guys are beat up and everything. So obviously, like losing, you know, an overtime in the season, done is just like the next day. You're like, oh man, what happened? Type of thing, but the same time when you look at it, like, it's kind of, you know, I think, like, everyone kind of feels the same. Like, it's a good feeling to kind of go into the season with. Like, obviously, last year wasn't, you know, uh, you know, a regular HL year with the actual league championship and stuff like that. But um, obviously, a lot of the young guys, uh, you know, were on the team last year. And we're going to, you know, go into the season with that on our minds, I think, for sure. Just that feeling of, like, like you know unfulfilled feeling and obviously we've added a couple really good players as well so um i think it'll be good for us for sure i think
0: yeah and you guys will get a you you haven't really experienced this yet but you're going to get to go into a barn that is usually full of fans pretty rapid fans it'll be great to get you guys out of the practice facility get you into the actual arena there in ontario you made reference to your dad earlier i know how close you are with your family just checking in how's your mom doing you know how's how are things going with your dad your sister too everything's good
2: Yeah, everything's good. The siblings are growing up way too fast. It's it's crazy, Um, but no, everything's good. Um, My dad actually he moved uh, to LA in February, so he's coaching right now with the best dogs there. So um, he loves it here. He's coaching. He's doing you know clubbing all day and everything like that. So um, spending you know the weekends on the beach, pretty much all day texting me, bothering me to go see him. So. Yeah, um, things are good. Everyone's happy.
0: All right. And Zales, just plugging right along. You guys had an, another merch drop recently. Everything's good there. Business is up?
2: Yeah, business is, is up. Uh, we actually have a drop probably in the next week or so. So we're really excited about that. Um, we actually shot the video in Barbados. So, wow. Um, it was really cool um, trying to you know, contact uh, you know, videographers and models and... And other people to kind of help um, facilitate like the whole shoot and get everyone there and everything like that. It was a... Uh, wait a minute. The whole process. Wait, dude, wait, wait.
0: Fun. Hold on, hold on. So Turk and Dudas didn't just offer to be models?
2: Well, it, it was in Barbados. So like... Kind of talk, getting them
0: there you know <laughs> okay, okay. You looked into it though <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure well you would have had to pull Turk out of uh, out of a Chipotle I'm not sure if he would have been available that particular day um, <laughs> speaking of Dudas you uh, you were kind enough many many years ago now it feels like forever ago that you gave us the, the detailed scouting report on Dudas uh, long before he was on the radar so uh, put your put your scouting hat on right now who who's a player coming into camp this year that you think Kings fans or Rain fans really need to keep an eye on, you think is going to have a breakout season, and you can't say Sadegrad. it's too easy because he wasn't around last year.
2: Yeah, honestly, this is like weird, but he won't—he won't even be on the Rain this year. But Chromiak, I think he's going to have a good year in Kingston. Obviously, he played a couple of games of this last year, and obviously, your first couple of games, um, you know, is an adjustment, but. Um he's looking really good. I saw him at Dev camp and stuff like that. He's looking really fast and I think just with the dynamic of the OHL and mm-hmm. a lot of young like a, a lot of first year players like from a lot of different age groups because they weren't able to play last year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's a really good opportunity for a guy like him to kind of be like just kind of take over the league type of thing and and kind of you know just really take it over. so I think. Uh, no wild card, but I think he's going to have a really uh, impressive season in Houston.
0: Alright, I like it. Martin chromiak So there you go. Uh, let's have a couple other quick uh, footnotes coming out of Dev Camp. It looked to me like Tyler Madden had put on a little bit of weight. He just looked different in his jersey. Did, did you... Well, I mean, he needs to, right? But did you notice that at all? Did he Did he look a little bigger to you or no?
2: No. Honestly, I, I would be lying if I said yes, but I'm sure he has put on some size, but uh, I'd I, Personally, I didn't like notice it, okay. but uh, maybe I don't know. I, I I honestly didn't really watch Dev Camp that much. I was honestly busy like doing my own stuff, like rehab and uh, working out and stuff like that. So my schedule didn't work well with being able to watch them. To be honest with you, all
0: right, we're I'm, we're going to stick with my story then because I watched it. So I'm going to tell you that he got a little bit bigger and Andre Lee grew in a good foot or so. Um, I don't know if you've spent much time with him, but. Andre Lee is another fascinating person. I think you you two would really get along very well. Um, Although he's he's a good foot taller than than Madden. But uh, what about what's up with QB and all these uh, Instagram videos of him, like you know posing and stuff. uh, You know with with, I guess he's just trying to let everybody know that he's put on another ten to fifteen pounds. What's going on? Are you chirping him on the side about this?
2: Oh (laughs) yeah, I guess so. I think uh, it's crazy. Just just, like sometimes you forget how young they are, and like guy like him and a guy like Andre. Change so much in a year, like I mean, I'm kind of one myself because uh, I actually just hit like 198, and I I think in, when COVID hit, I was 176. So uh, I've put on a lot of weight myself, and wow. I've changed. But um, yeah, I guess like Huey's obviously just like a, a horse, so I think it's going to be pretty pretty cool to see what mm-hmm. he gets up to in the next like three years, like physically, right? Like he's he's so big as it is and fast, so there's a lot to a
0: lot to grow. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure Matt Price is sitting over there, just looking at those and going, "Yep, yep, that's my guy. I'm getting them all dialed in." <laughs> uh, now, yep. QB was also on your podcast um, a, a couple, at least once, maybe a couple times. But if I remember correctly, he said he he had some sort of chirp about the fact that he thought you should have gone first overall, but that you dropped fifty points or fifty spots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's come on? You have to have a good retort. What's your what's your good retort for uh, for QB?
2: well, honestly, I think he, he's definitely joking. Um, but with QB, like, kind of just take everything he says with a the of salt. Like, who really knows what he like, what he meant? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Sometimes when he talks, you just kind of close it you, your ears type of thing. So, um, I don't really have anything back to say. It's just. It's you know, we just got to, right.
0: like, through one year with the other type of thing, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I had you put your scouting hat on earlier. Now put your coach's hat on. Create the perfect line. So let's imagine rehab goes well. You're back. You're ready to go. Uh, I don't know. Pick a date. November 20th, you're back in the lineup. What's what's the perfect line for you? Uh, who would you like? Would you like to be at center? Would you like to be at wing? And who? which two line mates would you like to have that night when you return?
2: Hmm, that's a really good question.
0: Um, not bad, Akil. It took me twenty minutes cool. to get to a good one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. You know what? Um, I think like obviously like injuries will happen and everything like that, but I think kind of I'm pretty much gonna be on, on wing all year. Mm-hmm. I believe just with the the overload of, of centers we have. Um. So I think I'll have to be on wing. Um. I mean, I shared some pretty good chemistry with Turks, um, um, but I'm not like I'm not really sure who's going to play what. But at the same time, I would love to play with uh, TJ Tynan. He's uh, obviously one of the best AHL players, and I, I played against him quite a bit last year, and it was hard like playing against him. So, you know, it'd be cool to kind of play with him and and kind of see if we have some chemistry there. So, um, hmm. Yeah, I think uh, maybe Churkson and and TJ there, maybe.
0: All right, there you go. We'll send a a note over to Robo and make sure that he has that uh, lineup prepared. Last question then. Again, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, Love catching up with you. It's been a while. I didn't realize how long it had been until I looked up when the last time was you were on the podcast, but great catching up with you. Uh, Last question then would just be, when you reflect on the experience in Germany and you think about playing a couple games over there the preseason last year, uh, and then playing in the American League, just how do you compare and contrast those two experiences? Obviously, bigger ice preseason versus you know regular season, smaller ice type thing. But just uh, any any comparison or, or you know anything you can contrast from from those two experiences?
2: Yeah, I would say it's very hard to compare them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different the style of hockey the personnel like everything is different even obviously the rinks we're playing but uh you know i, I think it was it was good for me good for you no know, dudes and everyone to experience that and um just play against men obviously it's like the number one thing even on a social aspect where you know our teammates are all you know men with, with families and stuff like that and we go over to guys houses in, in berlin and you know just kind of have a teammate who has a family at home too so it was kind of like a something to kind of like get used to as well mm-hmm. so i think that was uh kind of a comparison but you know obviously the ice service is different the style of hockey and then you know it's kind of like the best players are a little bit older type of thing mm-hmm. so it's just it's so different but uh it, i think it was good for me and definitely why i uh maybe i didn't have such a hard time adjusting at first i definitely didn't have the best uh time adjusting but it definitely wasn't the worst so I think that time definitely
0: helped me. You did just spark a memory. So let me sneak in one more, uh, on the program separately. We had Madden on separately. We had Dudas on and they were having a, a debate about which one had the better sense of style. I kept suggesting that perhaps you had the better sense of style. Uh, so you were there, you tell me, I think you guys went out gene shopping or Madden took Dudas gene shopping or something when they weren't out eating sushi. Um, who has the better sense of style? Is is it Dudas or is it Madden?
2: Um, you know what? like, things with the thing with them is like like um, dude you will wear like nice stuff to the rink type of thing. And like I don't really care what like I will like if, if you watched me walk into the rink for practice you'd probably think I have the worst style just because like I'm going to the rink, like my own like I don't need to look good. But like I know like ingy likes to dress really nice going to the rink and stuff and in Berlin, I would chirp dudes about like looking too nice in the ring as well. In terms of style, I'd probably have to give it to dudes though. Like Matt is the type of guy he has his like go-to outfits that like you, you'll see him wear like a million times. So not much of a variety there. Um, but dudes uh, definitely has more of a variety, I believe. No, it's just wearing the same thing every day, I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) Well that makes it easy for his birthday or for Christmas or whatever. Like I don't know if you have a team secret Santa, you got you know what to get him. You can get him some clothes because he doesn't have any variety.
2: But the thing is, like he likes what he likes, so Maybe, maybe he won't even wear the new clothes. He's stuck
0: in his waist, You know, <laughs> it'd be a waste of money. it would be stuck, stuck at the bottom of his closet. Keel, it's always great maybe. catching up with you. The most interesting man in the entire LA Kings prospect system, and uh, as Mark Inetti said, said, uh, character through the roof. So, um, best of luck with the recovery. Can't wait to see you back. Maybe I'll see you in Arizona for the uh, rookie faceoff tournament, and at the very least, we'll uh, we'll see you back at the rink soon, and, and on the ice, hopefully in November.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate
0: it. All right, Akeel. Have a good one. There you go. Akeel Thomas, we'll be back after the break. We'll talk more about that. back to the third period of kings of the podcast with db and the mayor okay welcome back kings of the podcast and db There you go. Akil Thomas, very interesting to hear that he has added about 15 or 20 pounds Mm -hmm. over the last 18 months or so. So he continues to put on size and that's good. Uh, The rest of us put on the COVID-15 the wrong way. It sounds like he put on the (laughs) COVID-15 the good way. And he pretty much confirmed what I had said earlier that uh, looks like, you know, mid to late November is the expectation. So I hope he heals up. Well, good to see that uh, he's on the mend. He is back on the ice and, uh kill thomas back with the ontario
1: reign pretty soon tp okay question for you john is he on sure. mayor's manners mount rushmore for interviews not
0: uh not yet not okay. yet uh you know you have lappy up there already um so we'd have to we'd have to uh, tomas, tomas sandstrom of course is uh on the mount rushmore so we'll have to figure out who the other two players are well, those from two an are interview always...
1: standpoint john that's what
0: i'm asking oh from you. an interview only standpoint from an yes, interview yes. standpoint Uh, I would say yes. I would say Dustin Pinner absolutely has to be up there from an interview standpoint because he's given Mm -hmm. some of the best interviews in the history of Mayor's Manor uh i would say akil thomas he is absolutely fascinating love talking to him always learn something new here he was talking about fighting i never think of fights when i think of akil thomas but (laughs) you had to get the surgery so that he can you know uh earl 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 skakel will be happy too (laughs) That's true (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say earl as if everybody knows who we're talking about but earl skakel the comedian who loves the uh heavier side of hockey and the fighting the old school hockey he will he will be happy to hear that akil is healing up for some some good scraps Um, And then I guess I would have to just uh, think about that a little bit more. You know, Willie Mitchell would have to be on the Mount Rushmore of of interviews. He might be the lead face, John. It starts with Willie Mitchell, and then it morphs into Dustin Penner and Akil Thomas uh, bringing up the rear And Yeah. And, you know, uh, it might have to be David Rennick, who is on the fourth (laughs) one. Now, his interviews on Mayor's Manor have been limited. However... That one podcast appearance yes. that we did on Kings of the Podcast, yes. the Karate Kid, straight yeah. crushed it. <laughs> it is still to this day, Dennis, the most requested podcast that we have ever yeah. done.
1: Yeah, what a uh, great kid.
0: Which I find so funny because we've had some really big names yeah. on oh, the show. Yeah, sure. from Rob Blake, 100%. Luke Robitaille, yeah. Yanetti. I mean, the list goes on and on. Tony Granado, Willie Mitchell, et cetera. But yet, people really love that David Rennick yep. interview. He was just the happiest person and told some great stories.
1: Absolutely, John. Yeah, he was a great kid.
0: Is there is there one person? I mean, this includes your whole career, not just uh, not just on Kings of the Podcast, but uh, any of the radio shows, anything you've ever done way back in the day when you were writing a blog, what was it for the score or whatever you were doing? Yeah. Uh, Who is your all time favorite that you that comes to mind when I ask that question? Do you have one? Uh, with respect to interviews. Yeah, just interviews that you have interviewed, and you just thought, wow, that guy's a really – you liked Marty Brodeur, right? That was – was oh, he yeah, one of your I'm, favorites or not?
1: Yeah, friends. Who, I actually lived in the same apartment building with Marty, so I'm personal friends. Every right. time he comes by, he says hello, and he's a great guy. I, you know, John, it's not like the one time like – and we've done this forever, right? I, going back to like – I lived in Tampa for six months, right? And there's like two memories that I have of that. One is with Tortorella because I covered Tortorella the year before he won the cup. It was a game. I forget which night it was or whatever. Um, we were in the locker room and Torts, like is there. And there's like five or six of us, Eric Erlandson, a couple other media people. And Torrella goes like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He took all the chairs that were like set up for the press conference and put them in a circle. And we all sat down and talked in the circle, <laughs> which was amazing. Like, like we were just shooting the shooting right. crap and stuff like that. To me, that was, yeah. that was it. And the other time was when I think that when the Penguins came to town and Mario was still playing, and I'm looking mm-hmm. up and I'm like, "Oh crap, that's Mario Lemieux," and I'm in a scrum with Mario Lemieux, and I never forgot that. So those those are two my two memories of that because now it all kind of blends together. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I just think not the interview standpoint, but you know, what, being on the on the ice when they won the cup, like the yeah, first time, 2012, like that right with just you know the frustration looking at the fans, seeing our family up there and stuff like that. To me, I think that's the. That's the memory that always re- reminds me, like, what am I doing on the ice with this team that I've covered for 20 years? And they won the Cup, and I have friends on the team, and they're celebrating with the Cup. So I think, to me, those are kind of the three memories that that, that burn in my in brain when I think about, like, if you ask me the top memories that I have. And right. the type things a little bit more obscure, but just being, you know, the second time around, we weren't used to it, right? But it was still a lot of fun. But that first time, just seeing – you know, for the fans seeing the faces and the joy and the frustration yeah. and, and all the all the you know things they had put up with over the years i think to me that's the i think that's the one highlight because it's in your hometown it's a team that you covered for so long yeah
0: it's it is funny that uh the memories do stand out you talk about 2012 it was different it was new it was the first time it was different than 2014. in 2012 besides actually june 11th uh the night they won the cup probably the thing that stands out the most for me was, and I've told this story before, Dean Lombardi punching me in the arm uh, and yeah. repeatedly in Arizona after, after Penner <laughs> scored the overtime goal, right, right. that was, uh, that was a little bit surreal. Like why? And, you know, he's like, this is for you. I'm like, well, you know, why is this for me? <laughs> like, it's just fair. You know, I don't, I don't even know if Dean knew what he was doing. I can't wait no, to have him didn't. on the program no, at some I'm point sure. because yeah. um, that has stuck with me. And I want to ask him, did you even know what you were doing or who you were talking to while he's like shaking me and punching me in the arm and, <laughs> You know this one's for you okay fine this one's for me that's great I love it um maybe he did know I, you know they all read they all read mayor's Manor and they all listen to kings of the podcast oh yeah 100%. even though even though they somewhat try to they, they try to pretend that they don't uh DB, yeah, let's have some fun here today uh, sure. Jay Khan, just to switch gears here uh Khan from NHL network radio uh you and I have both work with them a number of times through the years and He's uh, He does programs with Boomer and whatnot. Um, great guy. And he put out a list that they, I guess he and Boomer did this recently on NHL Network Radio, which is a true-false game. It is a game of uh, 38 questions, but it's it's kind of rapid fire. So sure. um, are you up for it? You want to do this true-false game? Absolutely, Jay. Let's do it. All right. So number one, Seattle Kraken will go over 90 points. True or false? No, it's false. I say false, too. Uh, Ovechkin does not reach 40 goals. True or false? False. I say false, too. This is not going to be fun, DB, if we agree on everything. Number three, California team will make the playoffs. I say yes. False. False. Okay, there you go. DB calling a shot. Um, New York Islanders will have more points than the New York Rangers. No question they will. Yeah, I said true. I didn't understand that question. Um, Next next one. Eichel will be a Sabre on opening night.
1: You asked an Eichel question on the podcast. I thought you were well. This is the
0: one and only. We're not discussing Eichel, but I just had to ask it because it's on the list. Eichel will be a Saber on opening night. True. It's a. It's just a gong show. Yes, I would have to say true as well. Uh, Hudobin will lead the Stars in wins. Mm, False yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I want to say true, but I'm not very confident, but just to be different yeah. than you, I'm going to say I'm going to say true, so we can roll the tape on this uh, you know at the end of the season. Sure. Matthews will score fifty goals, true or false.
1: I would normally say true, but he's just he's just had that wrist surgery, and I can't think that off the bat he's going to be hundred percent, so I'll say false
0: and I'm going to say true because uh, Toronto needs something to hope for. Uh, <laughs> by the way, did you see Pete Blackburn's tweet earlier today? I mean, that was the ultimate burn. Uh, how, it was, about, he, I guess, uh, maybe it was Marner that came out and said that the whole team is 100% vaccinated. He said, mm-hmm. did you see the tweet? No, he I didn't. Said, he said they got the Johnson and Johnson. So, because it's only one round, I just, like, oh, <laughs> that is brutal. That is very,
1: very brutal. That's brutal.
0: So he is, uh, he's enemy number one in Toronto for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Johnny, next question. Johnny Goudreau will finish the season with the flames. True. I say false. Uh, Anderson will have more wins than either Leafs goalie. So he's talking about Freddie Anderson. False. I'm going to say true. Freddie Anderson will have more wins than either Leafs goalie. Um, A goalie will score a goal this season. True. I say false. Uh, McCarr will win his first Norris trophy. I'm saying false. Since I got crap for not putting him all on my ballot, (laughs) um, I'll say true. All right, you're going the other way now. Florida will finish with more points than Tampa. True or false? They are my sleeper, John. I love this team. I say true. I was going to say true on that one as well. I think that they're poised to have a big, big regular yep. season. Don't know how it's going to play out from there, but uh, okay, the next one. The Abs will win the President's Trophy.
1: Who cares? Yes, true.
0: Yeah, I was. I was going to say true too, but it was more out of just – Defeat because, I, like, who else am I going to make a make a good argument for? I mean, maybe Florida, Vegas, I don't know. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't think Vegas actually. Um, I don't know if there's a Vegas question in here, but uh, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think that they're in for a world of hurt. I still think they're the class of the division, Let, but I let's think
1: put a pin in that and talk about okay. it. Know okay, let's do there
0: that. The Abs will win the. Tarasenko remains a blue through the season. No, no, false. No. Yeah, false. Uh, Habs will make the playoffs. False. I say false that one, too. Uh, Jones will have more points than Warinsky.
1: Well, yeah, the teams, but
0: yes, true. See, I'm going to say false on that one. Um, Ellis' new team, Philadelphia, will have more points than his old team, Nashville. They better. True. I I was going to say true by a mile on that one. Yeah, that better be true. Oh, here's a Kachuk question. Brady Kachuk will have more points than Matthew Kachuk. That's Uh, a tough question.
1: Uh, well, you say true. It, it, well, he needs a contract, so if he's gonna. He needs the to, to season soon. So I, I think true. Matthew had a terrible year. Maybe yeah. it's a redemption season for Matthew, but I, I think Brady will have more.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say.
1: Mm,
0: I'm gonna say false on that one. Okay. Um, Sid will hit 500 goals by January 15th.
1: No, he's he's had that surgery too. So I think yeah. Now I,
0: false. I, I think I think that question came out before okay, the before. recent announcement. So yeah, that's that's now has to be false. Um, unless Sid goes full Sid, then I guess it's possible. Yeah, right. Um, McDavid will win another Hart Trophy. This is another one's like, who cares? Like, sure.
1: Uh, false. False. I think McKinnon going. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, there will be multiple fifty goal scores. I say true. Yeah,
1: true. I agree. Yep. Okay.
0: Vegas will win the Pacific by at least five points. Big deal, Vegas. but
1: true. Yes. yes,
0: I say true as well. Five points, like yeah, okay, big deal. Who, who's going to be within five points of Vegas? Um, Pen, uh, I guess Edmonton is what somebody's hoping Edmonton's for. The, yeah,
1: the Edmonton. Well,
0: I mean, and Daryl's hoping it's Calgary, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Panarin will have more points than Kucherov.
1: Hmm. True, because they need him to score. They, Kucherov, you know, they they're they just care about the postseason. So yeah, I they're playing
0: two different roles. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to say yes. That's true. Panarin will big year in New York. Not enough to give them more points than the Islanders, but yes, mm-hmm. Aaron. Uh, next one: Caulfield will score at least twenty-eight goals. False. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go false too. Yeah, that's yeah. twenty-five. If you would have said twenty, I mean, if you would have said twenty-five, if, I might have right, said right. true. But twenty-eight mm-hmm. is just too close to thirty, and there—I don't know. That's a—that's yeah. a big jump from twenty-five to twenty-eight. I think the twenty-five to twenty-eight goal mark is harder than, say, the 17-20 to 20 goal mark, right? I mean, you're still yes. three goals, but it's a big right, difference. Right, right. It um, is a big difference. Okay. We're, we're getting close to the end here, people. Uh, Central will put five teams in the playoffs. True. Yeah, it's true. Why not? Tom Wilson will get his mega suspension. Uh, true. No, I, I, I say false. Okay. Detroit will finish higher than Buffalo. True. I say true. I say true on that one. Uh, Svechnikov will score more than 30 goals. False. I'm going to go true on that. Hedman will have more points than Fox. False. Yeah, I'm going to say false on that one too. Um, Kaprizov will have more points than EP40. True. I'm going to say true, but he needs to hurry up. I
1: know, right? Is that also through the KHL? Oh yeah, <laughs> it goes back. Let's, let's
0: get another offer sheet going here, DB.
1: Come on, let's, let's make the NHL on. exciting. One happened. Let's go.
0: Let's get let's get ESPN and TNT to do a simulcast of their first NHL tonight, and it'll be about <laughs> Kaprizov having signed an offer <laughs> sheet. Darcy Kemper will have more wins than Leonard. True. Really? Not
1: a Leonard fan at all. They traded yeah, the wrong that's goalie.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah, they did. That's tr- I would agree with you there. That's true. Um true head coach will not be fired what is this does he make English will not be fired by christmas okay be no so so one nhl coach will not be fired by christmas a uh, true i'm gonna say false well
1: who's on gonna, well let's stop there who's on the hot seat
0: i don't know you at think? this particular moment No, okay. nobody comes to mind immediately yeah, but i would I say that you. i i just think that people are going to want to take advantage of the longer runway Right. So if they don't like what they see from their team early, they're going to say, you know what, we're not going to you know, this isn't a short 56 game season. This is like a real legit 82 game season. And we want to take advantage as quickly as possible. Uh, I would even say possibly before American Thanksgiving, there will be a a, a head coach fired. I just I think I think someone's going to have a quick trigger finger. It's all DB. I think wins are more important now than they ever have been before because of the the P and L, right? Coming out of the the pandemic, yeah, right? And teams right. they need the gate revenue. This is a gate driven league, and you need to win to drive the gate, and they need the gate yep. revenue. That's my yep. that's my yep. justification. Pressure. Okay, uh, next one. The Boston Bruins will have a top five score. I say false.
1: True. Okay, Russia. you're going.
0: You're going for yeah. it. Giordano's new team. I love how they put in parentheses Seattle <laughs> for those not paying attention this summer. Uh, Giordano's new Giordano's new team will have more points
1: than his old team. That's a mm-hmm. really false. good question. Yeah. False. I, I don't, I don't get this love for Seattle saying 90, 92 points. I just don't see it. I'm I'm going false
0: as well, because I think Calgary needs to make a push uh, and they should You're be right. They so they do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, line a, will have more goals than Dubois.
1: No, that's going to be a bad team, and nobody he doesn't have anybody to pass him a puck. So I'll say no. False.
0: I'm going to say true. I think that somehow they're going to figure out something. I don't know how, but I think they will.
1: Next only up. if he gets traded to Los Angeles, John. <laughs>
0: okay, don't start that nonsense. That's, yeah, okay. Tell me how the cap is going to work on that one, too. Uh, next up, McDavid. They're going to have to trade Kopitar to get him. So um, that's the only way to make the cap dollars work. <laughs> McDavid will have more points than the top two flames scores combined. I mean, that's just hurtful. Really? That's just, that's just, that is (laughs) is hurtful.
1: You're right. That is hurtful. John,
0: I'm actually doing radio in Calgary later today. Now, of course this episode will drop after that, but if this episode dropped before and I said true, uh, it would not be pretty. So uh, based on that reasoning alone, I mean, that's just, that's just hurtful. No, McDavid is not going to have more points than the two top two Calgary flames goal scores. Um, Last question: Patrick Kane will have more points hmm. than Rantanen. I say false. I'll go true. Okay, that's it. Thirty-eight that's it. questions. We just did it. Let's, uh, Let's wrap it. up. But yeah, let's let's wrap up today's show though, with just a couple of final comments and one of them would be you asked me to put a pin in the Vegas yeah. commentary. So I, I'll I'll defer to you first. Do you have some commentary about Vegas that you want to get off?
1: Not class? just Vegas, I think the three best teams in the league, Colorado, Vegas, and Tampa, I think mm-hmm. they're all worse coming into the season. And I think it's it so to pick a cup winner, I think it's even harder. Uh Colorado lost a goalie. I'm not sure about the new goalie. Uh-huh. Um Vegas They traded the wrong goalie and questions about their chemistry in their room, you know, Jason White-Reeves and stuff like that. Big time. And Tampa, I mean, they have to replace their entire third line, and I get their depth and it's great depth and whatever, but those players were so impactful in the playoffs. So to me, I think it's wide open at this point in time. I love Florida. I love the Islanders because Islanders really, except for Letty, they kept everybody home and they added Zach Parisi. So I think it's it's a real toss-up. I think you're going to see even more balance and – more parity in this league because I think the three top teams are aren't as good as they were last season.
0: I would agree on two of those. I think with Tampa, I think it just becomes as we've seen over the last couple of decades, it becomes increasingly difficult to stay on top to keep the guys motivated as well. So beyond just the roster composition that you mentioned there, I just think it's going to be that much tougher for Tampa to come back over an 82 game season, uh, which is a a much longer time to keep it up at that pace. So there could be some regression that, that, Maybe goes away once the playoffs, you know, starts. That's just we're talking regular season Um, Vegas. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And that's what I was saying earlier is I just don't like what's going on inside that room. And, you know, how they've just had this uh, this willingness and ability to just dump and get rid of very popular players in that room. And you're talking about arguably the most popular guy in the room in flower. So. It's it's a very interesting situation and I've never really been on solid footing from a uh, a head coach perspective there either. I just don't like what they, what they've done there as well. So, Are they going to win the Pacific division? Absolutely. I think you could could make a lot of arguments for who's the second best team. I know Edmonton wants to hear that they are, but I've, I just don't trust the Oilers. I've said that for many, many years, just like (laughs) I never trusted the Blues. And then they, you know, finally won a Stanley Cup. And even now, DB, I still don't trust the Blues. They're just one of those teams that I don't have a lot of confidence in. And I am the same way with Edmonton, even, even with a coach, a head coach that I like. Um, in terms of Colorado, I would agree with you that the goaltending move, uh, is, you know, interesting to follow. Um, but I never liked their old goaltender. So I'm not sure, okay. you know, if, if I just didn't. So it, to me, at worst, it's like, it's a neutral, it's, it's a lateral move, sure. but it could have some upside into it as well. And that team did play solid defensively in front of him to allow the former goalie, who wasn't very good in my opinion, to look like he was good. So I think that Colorado could actually be okay, not, not be worse, but be, like mm-hmm. I said, at, 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 at worst, they could be equal or on par to where they were the real question for me when it comes to Colorado is how do they manage the chip that's on their shoulder that pressure that comes from high expectations and the team that comes to mind when I say that is the Vancouver Canucks that is a team mm-hmm. you know we're, we're talking 2010 ish right right that is a team that had perhaps the most pressure ever put upon it from mm-hmm. from a stand uh, 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 pressure in terms of you know expectations and how yes. they dealt with it and they didn't always really deal with those expectations when it, especially when it came to the playoffs outside of their run in 2011 they didn't deal with right. it you know the proper way so I'm curious to see how this Colorado team handles um, yeah. the expectations because I think DB they will be the cup favorite on probably 95 percent of the you know media
1: reports to come out probably will even be mine uh, as well yeah. uh,
0: the Colorado you know, John, I just
1: I, I hated the way they finished the se- that series against Vegas yeah up to and they just they just went soft and didn't really push back and after even in game 2 the one they won uh, the second game they didn't play well they got they got outplayed and the goalie saved them and to me that that's they've got a lot to prove to me now because now i think there's a path to beating this team in the playoffs like you got to be physical you got to hit them over the head that's what vegas did and they bullied them into a loss and to me that that's the question and again it's like a team like that yeah they might get 110 points john but like who cares Like Mm -hmm. Tampa learned that lesson. Like so, to me, that's a really intriguing team because of the way they lost in the playoffs. Because I picked them, I picked them all the way. They're up Mm two nothing. I said, okay, they had a bad game too, but now they're going to, you know, bounce back. Whatever, and they never bounced. And to me, that's the big question about that team.
0: What do you think about Dallas? Not not in terms of being Stanley Cup contender. I'm sorry, it was a hard transition there. Just in terms of uh, the Central Division.
1: Um, they're a smart, tough team, and I Mm -hmm. think they had a. And remember, Ty was out. All, Ty had three injuries last year. So mm-hmm. Sagan's gonna be healthier. They are an older team, John, but they're big and physical on the back line. I like their back line and they're gonna be like a ninety-five point team and they're gonna be tough, I think, in the post in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a dark horse though. I don't think you're gonna put them at the top of the list, but I, I, no, I do I don't. like what they have. but I think John this is the windows close like this is the year. If mm-hmm. it doesn't happen this year for them, um, then I, I think they're just too old after this season. But I, I do like them because I think they're sturdy enough on defense, and I think the move in goaltending will probably make will probably help them as well.
0: Yeah. The reason I asked you use the word that, that I would describe them, which is dark horse. They're my dark horse in the central. So that's right. why I was just curious what you thought of them. There seem to be, uh, you know, differing opinions out there. Some people see them on the outside looking in and, you know, others see them as a, as a potential contender. So, yep. um, that is interesting. A lot of good stuff there, DB. Uh, by the way, the LA Kings do take to the ice for one time this week on Thursday. It's Tuesday now. So 48 hours away, DB 10 a.m. on Thursday. From what I understand, they take the ice, uh, and they're in their only skate before they head out to the rookie tournament that's going to be taking place in Arizona. So uh possibly we'll be seeing you then. Yeah, possibly. Let's do it, Jay. All right. One little uh one little teaser to leave everybody with. I have a fairly significant major slash important article coming out on Mayor's Manor Wednesday morning. Be on the lookout for that. Until then, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for stopping by. CBC.
3: Bring your knuckles to broke Down a British Angemean You're getting traditional Paint it up, spike it out The gang is ready tonight Take the 42 north past electric to right. For few of us know it could never come the noise, noise, noise I kept it so close But the words were spoken It's the last episode When the buses stopped running And the flash left to right. Head ahead, head past the shoulders Still the new music right For few of us know it could never come dead. Nostalgia burnt a hole in our head More than nothing, any charity still Trying not for years, fighting hand to the nail The sad truth is the poor get poorer and fail Fail